Good morning. Good morning. Morning, everyone. Let me get the announcement out of the way and then we start. Um, T2, first and third Sunday of every month for young people in year eight. Did I get that right? Good stuff. Okay, my second announcement is um, if you are a man, Okay, all right. Um, the men's um, cycling team are having a, a virtual prayer meeting this Saturday from 8, from 6.30 in the morning. So um, it's not compulsory for everyone, but please, you can join in. That's the time they go cycling. So if, you don't, if, if you're not in the team, you don't know. They go cycling 6.30 every Saturday. And there are quite a lot of things happening in the men's team as well, in the men's group. So if you're not part of a group, please make sure you see Femi, um, Femi Awoyemi. Where's Femi Awoyemi? He's in the house. Femi somewhere. Yeah, Femi is there. You've got Michael Coveney leading a team. You've got Elliot behind the camera. He's leading a team as well. So you find a place. Every man has a place. Even Uncle Kwamina has a place. <laughs> Uncle Kwamina said, um, if you go cycling for 60 miles, we should take the zero out and he will do the six. <laughs> and he said to us that um, he might not even cycle, but it will be the car behind the cycling team <laughs> to make sure people come back. And there's also some people that have gone out cycling and they've come back home in a taxi. I'm not going to mention names, but you know yourselves. <laughs> so it's fun. God is doing a new thing yeah. in the house. The men of the house are rising. Yeah. Don't be left behind. And also, as a church, we, we've been praying every morning on Sundays from 10 to 10.30. Please avail yourself of that opportunity to come into the house, get yourself in tune, and just pray. And we, we, we pray about the service and we pray about different prayer points. So just, you know, don't miss the opportunity. Um, we're going into week three of our membership series. And it's been an awesome time in the presence of the Lord. Today I'm going to be talking on membership 101. The basic things about membership. Um, Let's read 1 Corinthians 12, from verse 12 to 26. I'll be reading from the, the Passion Translation. The chances, is, the chances are not many of you have got that version of the Bible, but you've got it on your phones anyway. I think it's on the screen behind. I'll, re I'll start reading. It says, just as the human body is one, Though it has many parts, that together, that together form one body, so too is Christ. For by one spirit, we all were immersed and mingled into one single body. And no matter our status, whether we are Jews or non-Jews, oppressed or free, we are all privileged 
to drink deeply of the same Holy Spirit. In fact, the human body is not one single part, but rather many parts mingled into one. So if the foot were to say, I am not a hand, I'm not part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still a vital part of the body. And if the hair was to say, since I'm not an eye, I'm not really a part of the body, it's forgetting that it is still an important part of the body. Think of it this way. If the whole body were just an eyeball, how could each ear sound? And if the whole body were just an ear, how could it smell different fragrances? But God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. A diversity is required for, a diversity is required for if the body is for if the body consisted of one single part there wouldn't be a body at all. So now we see that there are many different parts and functions but one body. It would be wrong for the eye to say to the hand, I don't need you. And equally wrong if the head said to the foot, I don't need you. In fact, the weaker our parts, the more vital and essential they are. The body parts we think are less honorable, we treat with greater respect. And the body parts that need to be covered in public, we, we treat with propriety and clothe them. But some of our body parts don't require as much attention. Instead, God has mingled the body parts together, giving greater honor to the lesser members who lacked it. He has done, it, he has done this intentionally so that every member will look after the other parts with mutual concern and so that there will be no division in the body. In that way, whatever happens to one, to one member happens to all. If one suffers, everyone suffers. If one is honored, everyone rejoices. I want us to just pray this morning. I want you to commit yourself into God's hands. That you will meet with God this morning. You will meet with God in this service. That as a church, we will meet with God. That what God wants us to know today we will know it. The level God wants to take us to, it will take us to. Father, I thank you. Lord, I commit everyone and I commit myself into your hands, Lord. That you will do that which you and you alone can do. Speak, Lord. Your servants are listening. In Jesus' name we pray. That was a long, long one. And I hopefully will not go back reading all of that again, but that's one for you. Um, the vision of the church as it stands, which has been for a while, is that we are believing God for a church that is strong in membership, that is growing in maturity, that is dynamic in ministry, dedicated to mission, and awesome in worship. And we are trusting God that he will make this happen in our time. Um, I'm going to start by telling you a story of a tale of two church members. These guys belong to the same church, 
they're about the same age. I read this somewhere. It wasn't part of my script, but it's something that I read in the early hours of this morning, and I thought I need to start with this. These guys belong to the same church. They're about 41 and 39. They've got three kids, so, and they met during a Bible study group. And over five weeks, over five, about five months or thereabouts, every Sunday, sorry, every Monday, every Monday morning, they meet together to have breakfast. And they talk about different things. Obviously, because they belong to the same age group, they have quite a lot of things in common. And they talk about football, they talk about whatever guys gist, gist on, the same way guys, when they meet, there are some things Femi and, and Cole talk about during our cycling time that stays in the cycling field. Is that true, Femi? Yes, it stays there. <laughs> we wouldn't joke about it. And these guys talk every week. And on this particular Monday when they met, they, one was Michael, the other one was Liam. And Michael saw that Liam had a downcast face and he was asking him, and he thought, what exactly could be going wrong? This guy is never like this. And all of a sudden, Liam told him exactly how he felt. He said, I'm going to leave church. I'm leaving the church that we belong to. And um, this guy was like, but you're very passionate about the church. You, you sold out. You know that? And eventually the guy told him the reason why he was leaving church. And this is how he said it. He said, sitting down in church every Sunday has become a waste of my time and my family's time. He says, the pastor's message is no longer cutting it. He says, the church has loads of hypocrites. And he went on and on and on to describe different things. But he now said, but Michael, you are one of the very few that are very sincere. He said, you are good. You, even though you see some of those problems within the church, you're still serving. You're still given. He now went on to say, we are really two different types of church members. Since we are really two different types of church members. When I was preparing for this, I, I um, stumbled on a, on a poll that was, they asked quite a number of pastors what their challenges are. And one of the key things that pastors complain about or talk about is the issue of membership. So I thought, you know, I've, I've got a few friends in the ministry that are full-time. So I decided to use my connection and called my friend in um, Siren Sester and said, Tayo, what, 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 what is one of the things that you struggle with? And as it happens, the three of them, one in Surrey, one in Birmingham, said exactly the same thing. The issue of membership is a big challenge. It's something that was and is, and it's something that we will have to deal with. And like those two guys, you saw two different types of people, but he said, we are really two different types of church members. And the question is, how do we address this issue? How do we come to a place where we become that member 
that the Bible is talking about in 1 Corinthians 12. How do we transition from where we are to where God wants us to be? And when I was preparing this message, the, the, my, my sailor moment was when I read verse 18 of 1 Corinthians 12. And it's going to be put back up there for us to look at this. And if you read any other translation, if you read this translation and you read any other translation, you will fully get what I'm saying. And this is it. It says, but God has carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to do what? To function as the member desires? No. As he desires. It says, but God has carefully designed not just any kind of design. You know, when you, when you talk about what some, de, what some designer item costs, it is because some of those things are handmade. Some of those things take time to make them. And that's what you're paying for. It says, but God, not me, not you, it says, as carefully designed each member and placed it in the body to function as he desires. So look at yourself and say to yourself, I am carefully designed. I'm carefully designed. And you are located, intentionally located to function as he desires. If the church could understand this, if every one of us could understand this, the schism and the issues that arise that Paul was addressing in 1 Corinthians would not arise. If the issues and the challenges that people have in church, where pride comes in, or where people underplay their strength, if you fully understand the fact that I'm carefully designed, I am carefully designed, I am intentionally located to function as he desires. If every one of us, if there's nothing you get from what I say today, get this and run with this. Go home and say to yourself, look at yourself in the mirror, the best mirror in your house, the one that gives you a 360 view, the one that doesn't make the wrinkles show, <laughs> or the one that makes you lighter. Just, just so says, you are carefully designed. You are not a product of circumstance. You are not a mistake. You have been raised in this church at this point in time. You've been carefully designed. You have a part to play in the things that is happening now. You are not here by chance. And I, I want to believe that everyone that is listening to me, that this is an assumption, maybe I should go back and just rephrase that. We all have, I believe we've all at some point given our lives to Christ. 
we believe that, we have come to believe that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior. And it's that, you can only, you go from believing to belonging. You can't belong if you don't believe. So if you don't believe, if you're watching this and you don't believe, please stop now and just accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior. Because that's the only way you can fit into the house perfectly and belong and serve. When Paul begins to talk about, when Paul uses metaphors, it's a, it's a proper class act, you know, and it makes these things very easy for us to understand. We spent a lot of time talking about the armor of God in Ephesians 6. I don't know how many months we spent on that. That was quite a long time. But it did minister life to us. And when he started talking about members, different members, it also, if, you can, if we can comprehend how the body works, and if we can comprehend how one part does not think that they are better than the other, or one part does not look down on the other, if we can fully grasp that, it makes understanding the fact that you are a member much more easy. So today I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I know there are doctors in the house. I know there are, I know there are, I know there are graduates in the house, people that know more science than I do. So if I, Kristen, if I, if I, if I say what I should not say, please tell me that you are not cutting it. Oh, Dr. Yewande or Mo or whatever. What I'm going to try and do is just go back, take you back to Human Body 101. Yeah? So I'll take you back. Now, when you, when you look at the body is generally made up of cells, tissues, and organs. And collectively, they make us function. And the human body is made up of about 10 um, organs. Sorry, 10 major systems. <laughs> you got it. <laughs> Thank you, Timmy. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I caught you there. <laughs> or you caught me there. <laughs> so the body is made up of 10 major systems. The skeletal system, the muscular system, the cardiovascular system, and all of that. But what tends to happen is those systems are divided into three major systems, which is the infrastructure system, the, the regulatory system, the energy system and the reproduction system, four, three, two, one, and the different organs belong into each of those. But you find that of each of those systems, the infrastructure, the regulatory, the energy, and the reproductive, each one of them cannot do without the other. The infrastructure provides the basis by which the regulatory will work. And the regulatory by itself provides the basis for which the energy will work. The energy needed for the regulatory to happen is coming that way. And also the reproductive system provides everything that is equally needed at the very onset. So one of those cannot say, the infrastructure cannot say by itself, I'm the best, you don't need me. Because if you do that, you're going to miss out. 
And each of those systems seamlessly work together. Seamlessly, they work together and they provide what we know as assists, and they give us that uniqueness. And one thing that you will find is that of all those different systems that we've talked about, there is, one, every, there is something that runs across them that is the same, and it's their DNA. The code for each of those systems, as different as they are, the same code runs through each and every one of them. No member has everything, but every member has something. No member has everything, but every member has something. No one here has it all together. If you think you're that, you've just missed it. But every one of us, we have something. You've got something. I've got something. I need what you've got. You need what I've got. And you find out that when one member suffers, it affects every other member. And what tends to happen is the body tries to compensate for that. I remember, it must have been last year or there about, um, I was, I'm one of those weird ones when I do my press-ups, I, I don't, I cross my legs and I, you know, I, I'm tempted to do it now, but I'm not going to do it because... <laughs> All right. <laughs> okay. And he's called 999. <laughs> that wasn't planned. <laughs> I did my toe in for, I did, because <laughs> I crossed my legs, I did my toe in for a while, and that pain lasted for a long time. And one, because that pain was there, because I strained that muscle. For a while, I couldn't exercise. I couldn't do what I was, you know, normally would do. And that's how it is when the body has something in it that has gone wrong. Because everything is carefully designed and located and needs to function as he desires. I'm going to go into the scriptures and give you a few examples of how in the body, if we're not careful, and you see where membership issues arise. Numbers chapter 12, from verse 1 to 6. Numbers 12, verse 1 to 6. This is the story of Moses, Aaron, and Miriam. When God was to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. He put together a team. He put together a body to which 
Aaron and Moses were together, were part of, I mean, if you go into the story, God's original plan was not to include Aaron, but, you know, because Moses was like, I can't do this, you know, well, you know, Aaron joined him. And of course, Aaron came, you know, Aaron, Miriam are the subject of this story in Numbers chapter 12. And because Moses married a Cushite woman, the Bible says that Aaron and Miriam turned up and said, as the Lord indeed spoken only through Moses, has he not also spoken through us? And the Bible tells us if you read part of, if you read that story, God called them out and said, look, this guy answers to me. He doesn't answer to you. He's the meekest man. And because of that, God struck Miriam with leprosy. And, and the entire camp were held back for seven days because of what one member did. That story tells us that each and every one of us, like I said, says you were all carefully designed in the things that God has called us into. There's no pride. There's absolutely, the man that is proud is the most ignorant person. The man that is proud is the most, the Bible says, what do you have that you haven't received? And who are you to think that you are that and a bag of chips? And the same thing, you should not let anyone look down on you because you are what? Carefully designed. Miriam and Aaron missed it. They felt it was their place to I mean, the Bible says we should, we, should, we should correct ourselves. There is a place for that. But what they did was to say, oh, yeah, you know, has God not spoken to us? And we saw what happened. In Acts 28, from, in Acts 18, verse, verse 24 to 16, this tells us about the story of Apollos. And it tells about the story of Aquila and Priscilla. The Bible tells us that Apollos was a very, very, let me read it to you. It says, now a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was an eloquent man, competent in the scripture. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord and being fervent in the spirit, he spoke and taught accurately the things concerning Jesus, though he knew only the baptism of John. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue, in the synagogue. But when Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they took him and explained to him the way of God more accurately. If you look at that picture, if you look at that picture, this was a man that was competent in the scriptures and he was preaching what he knew. He was playing his part in that time, in that season as God has located him. But then in the same assembly, there was Aquila and Priscilla. And they said, oh, nice preach, good one. But bro, 
there is something that you did not say. There is something that you didn't know. And they didn't do it in the public. They pulled him aside and they explained the scriptures to him. They, they also were members of the same, they, you know, they were unique in the way they delivered their message. It, it's no rocket science. Apollos received their instructions. I've, I've had people call me after a service and say, bro, what you said, is that true? Is that not true? And I've corrected myself and explained a bit more what I'm trying to say. But the point there is, every member has a place. Because if you think about how those things could have turned out, in some instances where people don't understand the fact that they have been create, carefully designed and located and designed to function as it desires, those two instances that I gave you could have gone horribly wrong. Apollos could have said, how dare you talk to me like that? How dare you talk to the... Touch not my anointed. And do my prophet no harm. Do you know the Bible schools I've gone to? Do you know what God has told me? And that could have gone horribly wrong. And the two, Priscilla and Aquila, could have done as well and said, look at him. He knows nothing. But because everyone knows the part they are playing, they keyed in. And it was a seamless act. Absolutely seamless. When you read Acts 9, verse 1 to 6, the Bible tells us of how when Paul, Saul, was on his way, he had that Damascus experience. The only thing he said to do, or the only thing that he says, in verse 6, it says, And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise, go into the city, and it shall be told you what you must do. You know, every member, and when I say every member, I'm not, I'm including all of us. This is not a we, them thing. We are all members. We are all members. We are members of this local church. We are members of the global church. CPC is also a member of the body of Christ. And if CPC understands that it's been carefully designed and located to function as God desires, then we will be relevant in our time. And if every member also understands that we have been carefully designed and located to function, not as I want, it's not my preference. Service is not about my preference. There's a way I like to pray, and there's a way I like to do things. But when it comes to seeing the body, for the purpose of the body, I would rather, not that I'm, not that I'm reducing my standard, but I would rather do like Paul said. You know what, instead of, I would rather pray five words in the open, in my understanding, than 10,000 tongues, than 10,000 prayers in tongues. Because it's more about the body the body takes precedence. The body takes precedence over my preference. And that's what Paul was saying. That says, says as he desires, not as, not, not as I want. My, I believe my 
family have been carefully designed. I've got a family of four. Um, did I say family of four? There are four of us in my family. It sounds more like I'm, I'm confessing that I've got four children. We are a family of four, um, and interestingly, you see that when you get home, the, the things that some people, that comes natural to some people, doesn't come natural to some other people. Um, Jonathan, you're shaking your head. <laughs> <laughs> Jonathan can unpack the shopping in, in record time. If, if you, before you say Jack Robinson, everything is in the right place. Karen is, you know, is one person that if you, if I'm struggling to assemble things, she will do it in, say, Dad, just give it to me. <laughs> you know, and, but everyone has their place. Everyone has their strength. I mean, my wife will never, well, she, she can, but Driving on the motorway is not Tess's strong point. I mean, in the 25 years that we've been married, I, I don't think, if I can count it on my, the number of times that I, I've sat in the car on the motorway that she's driven me, I, I probably can count it if I can. But she's, it's not something that she likes to do. But one thing that she likes to do is she likes cooking. So my line, when people ask me, do you cook? I, I can cook, but my wife, is the better kick. <laughs> so that's my line. And it's, sorry, Mike, what did you say? I'm sticking to it. <laughs> it's worked for me for 25 years. Why do I want to break it? <laughs> it's, why do I want to break it? You know, look, collectively, even as a family, which Graham spoke about last week and two weeks ago, as a family, we know what our strengths are. We know what, we know what, there's some things I wouldn't expect of any, there's some things that, that I said comes natural to different people, and we play to our strengths, you know, we play to our strengths all the time. Um, a few weeks ago, Tessie got a letter from the Queen um, confirming the date for the, what is it, for the investiture. And, um, Part of that letter talked about um, what comes with the title that, or what comes with the CB that she's been given. And one of the things that comes with that is the fact that our children and our, child, and our grandchildren have the right to use St. Paul's Cathedral for their wedding, baptism, and memorial services. And when you think about this, when you think about this, sorry, my smile. When you think about this, <laughs> when you think about it, when you think about this, it's primarily because, as a unit, to a large extent, we are not perfect. We've played to our strengths over the years. Everybody has been able to do what they need to do. Everybody has been able to play to what God has created them for, and ultimately. When God blesses or honors one person, it affects everybody else. When God, when we do everything that we're supposed to do in this house, 
And we all function in our own area of expertise or what God has called us into. When one person is blessed, we all rejoice with that person and we are all blessed. When one body suffers, we all suffer. But I pray that we will be that church where every member understands and fully comprehends the fact that I am carefully designed. I am located intentionally and I will function as he desires. The church as we know it is at risk of having members that are consumers and not contributors. The church as we know it is at risk of having members that are consumers rather than contributors. I mean, maybe 21 years ago, well, 21 years ago, my family is four. Back 21 years ago, we were four. But then, these guys have grown now to be young adults. What is expected of them now is different from what I expected of them 21 years ago. That, back then, they were mainly consumers. But I will have a problem if they remain consumers. They need to move from that paradigm, from consumers, and be moving closer to contributors. I'm not saying tomorrow I'm going to give Karen my mortgage to be paid. Well, I might be tempted if she won 2.5 million like Emma Raducanu, but I'm not going to do that. But the point is, the church is at risk of raising members that are consumers rather than contributors. Prayerfully, we need to do what we need to we need to pray we, we need to prefer, prayerfully do what you are carefully designed to do and what you are located for. We all need to pray into that. That will become what we have been called to do. I the band can start coming up or the worship team can start coming up. The worship team has been awesome, haven't they? Every week they seem to be, you know, getting better and better and better and better. You know, it's like, it's like wine, not that I drink. And it gets better on a daily basis. You know, as I was preparing this, there was a quote that I thought that I wasn't going to read to you, but I'm going to read it to you. And I hope you understand it after we've said everything we've said. This is a quote by Charles Spurgeon. And he says, I want every member of this church to be a worker. We do not want any drones. If any of you want to eat and drink and do nothing, there are plenty of places elsewhere. You can do it. There are empty pews about and in abundance. Go out and fill them. Every Christian who is not a bee is a what? The most quarrelsome persons are the most useless. And they who are most happy and peaceable are generally those who are doing most for Christ. Charles Spurgeon. I did not write that. I did not write that. But it was just so, I mean, from what we've said, if you understand, it comes, if, if you as a member grasp the fact that you've been carefully designed, 
sitting down and not functioning, it, it can happen because every member of the body, every member of that body was doing something and it leads to, it makes sure that the body functions perfectly well. Another quote that I'm going to read to you is this. It's from Norman, an American author. It says, a group becomes a team when each member is sure enough of himself and his contribution to praise the skill of the others. That every member is sure of himself. Let's rise up. One of the ongoing questions we need to ask ourselves and God in prayer is this. How can I best serve my church? Or how can I best serve the body? Let's pray. Father, we thank you. We bless your name. We give you praise. We give you glory. Thank you, Lord. Because we know we have been carefully designed. We have been located intentionally to function as you desire. Not our preference, Lord, but yours. Thank you, King of Glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.